changing lives. That's what our church is all about. Uh, Many of you are here today and you've had your life changed by God while attending New Life, being a part of a life group, uh, participating in ministry, just going on the journey with God that Dave Blavel talked about earlier. You know what I love about that video is uh, we really didn't even need the video because we've got our own real life video sitting here in front of us. His name is Jaken Cho. Would you please give applause for Jaken? <laughs> oh man, you got your own fan base, my folks. Hey guys. Yeah, yeah. Love you. Yeah, yeah. We we call it in America. You feel like in an urban setting. Those are my people, my oh. peeps. You can say my peeps. Hey, my peeps. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, it works in some, some places. Um, I wouldn't necessarily do it on, say it on the university or anything like that. But yes. anyways, yes. and listen, I've, uh, I've, since I've been here, I've realized uh, one thing, and that is everybody that meets you loves you. Everybody that meets Amen. you loves you. Amen. Um, everyone, everyone's excited when they're around you. You know, there's, this, there's something that's going on. And I know that it's not just your great personality. I know that it's not just your incredible smile um, or your bubbly attitude. Um, it has a lot to do with the Jesus that has got a hold of your life and has radically brought a transformation to you. Yes. You, know, you first came uh, to UNK as an international student. I believe that was, what, five years ago? Yes. Five, five years. years ago, you came over from South Korea just to be an international student here, which some of these folks have international students that are a part of their, their family um, they're called host parents or whatever, but um, you came in as that. And when you came over, you also got connected with a with American. You call them American. Your your American parents, yes, right? My American parents. Yeah, your American parents, and they weren't just to give you an uh, an American cultural experience. Um, they went way beyond that, and they helped you understand something more powerful than just America and its culture. They introduced you to a life-transforming relationship with God. Can you, can you just tell us a little bit about that transformation that took place in your life and how those, that host family really helped you uh, see a relationship with God? Can you just help yes, us understand yes, that? I can do that. All right, good. Okay. My American parents, their name is Greg and Lori Sweeney. And my American dad, he is doing international ministry. And my American mom... And she's a UNK professor. But when I came here first time, then I've been surprised. And so many people go to church, but I've never been in church in my country. And the reason I've never been in church, so I don't know what is the meaning of the ministry. I was lost, fully lost. And, but my American parents, my, my father, Greg, and my mother, Lori, always just love me. And showing me love, just inviting me to coming over, having nice dinner, nice lunch, and always just giving their time, just blessing me. And one of the nice things, I think they always invite me just special holiday. You know, the holiday is nice thing for everyone, for especially for us South Korean students who is living here without the parents. That kind of special things, kind of we have really honor when they're inviting us to coming over. And especially Easter and Christmas. I love Christmas anyway. <laughs> because I've never been such a nice Christmas time with, with my 
Korean parents because my Korean parents is not a Christian. So normally what I did for Christmas, date. Let's go date. Let's have nice dinner with the girlfriends and let's have watching movie. It's just having great time with just okay. girlfriend and I. But here in America, Christmas is big meaning for every Christian. Every Christian. They showing that, wow, this is, this is Christmas. You have gift from Santa Claus. Yes, <laughs> I got a gift. So I was so happy that moment. Just sitting around the Christmas tree and just got that nice gift. Just amazing. That is just touching me so much. You also told me that your host family, though, helped you understand the true meaning of Christmas. Yes, yes. You know, that the, the gift was Christ. Right, yes. Yeah, and and how, you didn't grow up in church in, in South Korea. Your parents aren't Christians. Yes. You were first introduced to, to Jesus yes. here in America yes. through your host parents. Yes. How did you come to decide that you were going to follow Christ with your life? Because I was selfish. So I always know about myself. But my parents, my American parents, they're always humble to other people. Especially my American parents, he loves so much international students. Any, anybody, anyone I know, that is so much touching me. Mm. So I love that because he's a ministry, and I've seen that what is the ministry meaning, true, true kind of truthful meaning yeah. through that kind of what he's doing. Yeah. That's really powerful for me, just understanding everything, just so what you, he's doing. You saw him living an authentic relationship with God. Yes. yes. A real one. Yes. Not just one. one where people went to church. No. Not just one where they have a Bible in their house. No. One where they really, truly have surrendered their lives to God and are living for God. That's what you saw? Yes. He invited me. He's going around the state, Nebraska. I've been visiting several different cities. I've never, you know, I've never heard some of the cities' name. 200 people, 100 people living. I went there with my American parents. Because he's an international ministry. He wants talking about what kind of God wants us to do yeah. with us, especially Nebraskan people. Yeah. Because he wants to bring some other different idea into your heart because we are here, international students. And he wants to talk about that yeah. to other Nebraskan people. Yeah. So I haven't seen that. And then and after that, I decided to get a baptized. Yeah. October 26, in 2008, I got a baptized from my America parents, my America mm. father. Yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah, just I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. This is your big opportunity. You've never spoken in front of this church before. No. So you've met a bunch of people, um, but you've never been on this platform really sharing. I was wondering, what would you say to New Life? This is New Life here. Yeah. How has the Church of New Life been um, instrumental or... How has it helped you continue to grow and become more like Christ? Every international student, you guys seeing around it, they've been studied really hard. That is what we normally do in South Korea. South Korean students, very diligent, studies all night long. Does that mean we want to sleep more during the weekend? Really? I, I'm really, this is really true. So, the same thing for me, but I know... The church's new life assembly, churches, amazing. That just give me, just inspire me getting up. Just get away from the bed and oh, you have to be ready to go to church to learn <laughs> something. That is kind of what I feel every day, every time. 
Whenever I hang out with Nate, he is always inspired me. This is what we need to do. So yeah. Yeah. this is kind of what I learned from the church. But the first time, I was very hard to understand what is the kind of God want me to do. But it's kind of take a time, just your understanding and just coming over here, hearing about the, the pastor wine, very smooth and kind of I can I can understand as well. And just looking all the script, what what I have, just kind of learning process. Yeah. Those kind of things make my life different. Yeah. My spiritual is growing so much. Yeah. It's just lovely things. I yeah. think that is kind of what I learned from the church through that the new life assembly. I love it. Well, we're excited to have you as part of our body, and you you are really a great picture of the type of transformation we want to see uh, happen over and over in international students yes. as well as Americans that are living here in the Kearney area. Yes. Uh, so we're excited about that. Now, when you got done being a student, yes. you didn't want to leave. I don't want to leave. So you boldly, <laughs> you boldly walked into the administration's office and you said to them, basically, I need a job and here's what my job title is going to be. And I wrote it down. <laughs> You, you in not so many words says, you know what you need? You need me to be the Korean Asian recruitment support specialist. And yes. that's what you've been serving as. Yes. It's so amazing. <laughs> just, and just, they, and they just basically went, yes, sir. And <laughs> yes. And so you've been recruiting students to come to our university. Yes. And, uh, that number just continues to grow. Uh, we're expecting even more students in the future to be here. But in the midst of all of that excitement and your, your passion to be their leader, back in December, God did something supernatural in your heart. Yes. And he helped you to see those students, not just as how you were leading them in their secular yes. um, education, but how God was saying, Jake, and I want you to also be one of their spiritual leaders. Yes. And what was that that God really stirred in your heart towards South Korean students? The pastor Jeff said, I got this job. And I know what, I'm, what I need to do, so I did it. So I, I brought a lot of students from South Korea. But the, what i looking at that, and I have to lead them. They need a place to go. They need to do something else under the God. Because he made me, he changed my life so much. So I don't wanna I don't wanna have him hold these things myself. I better have to give away. I have to share this feeling with other Korean students. Why not? This is a place I really love. Why don't you we invite all of the Korean students, all any international students coming over here in this church, learning it, having great moments with all of the amazing Korean people. Yeah. Anyone has come from any other place, just we having chance to connect it. So that kind of thing, that kind of transition, I really want to make it. Yeah. That is kind of what I want to do yeah. for my entire life. Yeah, you want now to see how God can use you to change the future of international students that come here through a relationship with God, not just a secular education. Yes. Amen. And I can't, I can't agree with you more, and I'm excited for you. I am. What's interesting is that in Jacob's story, all of this started when he came here and some American parents, or what we call a host family, decided to take Jacob underneath their wing and not to, share with them, not to share with him an American cultural experience, but to share with him the hope and the future that he could have in Christ. 
We have a lot of you that are serving at this capacity. One of those couples I'm inviting to the stage right now, would you please welcome Joe and Julie Hofer. Well, welcome, guys. There's, um, there are a lot of uh, people that are serving this capacity. I heard great things about you guys, and so I thought, I can't interview everyone, but I'm going to interview you. How long have you guys served as a, a host family uh, to international students? And then maybe you can also give us a little bit of what, what, what's been the joy that you've experienced uh, through serving God in this missions trip to international students here in Kearney. Um, some of those students we've had at the same time. Um, and the joy, one of the joys to us is the opportunity for our children to minister to people from another nation. Um, I'm an at-home mom, and we don't have the money to necessarily take our children to Korea right now, but Korea has come to us, and so we have an opportunity to to minister to people, and they just, um, they just love on these students. So that's one of the joys. Um, and we have done many things with them. We have taken them to see the cranes. We have played piano with them. We have had little concerts in our home, um, taken them with us to church, to singing Christmas tree, many, many things. But um, sometimes I didn't know uh, how that was making a difference in their lives. Yeah. And one of our students left in December. And when she left, she wrote me a two-page letter that has just been a joy to my heart. And I'm going to just read a tiny bit of that to you. She says, I'm delighted to be your host adopted daughter and show you a lot about my culture. When I miss my family and feel lonely and I'm stressed out of handling myself, Julie's call to invite me home and ask to hang out together is like shelter where I can lie when I'm exhausted. That blessed my heart so dearly because to me, that is fulfilling God's call to us to hospitality. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a sacrifice um, of your time um, and just being intentional in that way. And you've blessed her. And that's her ex- expression of that back to you in just one simple way. But also, ha- haven't you experienced God really stirring something inside of you? How has your personal spiritual journey with God maybe come more alive because you've gone on this mission trip to these students? And it has been a great joy, but out of that has flown real ministry opportunities where we were able to share the gospel story with them and help them understand what it means, those who haven't been, who are not believers, what it means to be a Christian and just to take them to that point where they can understand that. And we've seen a number of them come to know Christ in our home or could be in our car as we took them home or whatever the case may be. And there is great joy when you see that happen Amen. in people's lives. Amen. What about when you guys are sitting back there and you're listening to a story like Jacob's just a few moments ago? How does that inspire you just to complete, to follow through with the mission that God's called you to? Because not every day is just a day on cloud 12. So when you hear stories like this, how does it help you just to complete it, to fuel you in that way? It is inspiring to hear his story because, um, you know, while there's great joy in doing what we've done, there's also times when we're tired and we don't necessarily want to have somebody into our home or go do an activity. Um, and, and when you don't know if that's really making a difference, it's, it's hard to carry on. But it's so exciting to hear that God is making a difference through what we do. And it seems 
um, it seems ordinary, but it's not. God's yeah. using it for more than the ordinary. Absolutely. Now, what would you say if there's a couple out here and they're, they're thinking to themselves, wow, I, this sounds exciting. I would love to go on a missions trip to international students here in Kearney. How could I be a host family? What would you say, guys, are some of the costs that need to be counted um, if you're going to make this type of commitment to international students? Well, you know, it has a cost. It, it, it takes time. It takes resources sometimes. And it takes go, going out of your way, uh, stretching yourself, taking a risk. Uh, but, you know, it's really, really worth it. You know, think of it this way. If you had a son or daughter who went overseas and, and they attended school over there for a couple of years in a foreign culture, and maybe they, they spoke the language just a tiny bit, you know, how would it feel if somebody over there, in particular a Christian family, engaged them and brought them in their home and took them sightseeing, had meals together, and then also began to minister to their spiritual needs? You know, that would be really good on my part to know, hey, he's taken care of. Yeah. I would love that. And so think of it that way. And, you know, we, you know we, we may not be able to go, but they've come to us. And what an opportunity it is to do that. And, again, Jeff, it is worth the opportunity. And when I look at Jacob and, and, and the things that, <laughs> that his excitement and the passion and how he's been impacted, it is exciting. It is. It really is. It is. That's awesome. I want to say thank you to both of you guys for continuing year after year to reach out to the mission field God's bringing to our back, our back door. So thank you for doing that. Thank you to all of you that are host families out there. If you're interested in being involved uh, with international students, I would encourage you to come up and find Pastor Nate or talk to Jake, and, and they'll help you get connected in a host family situation where you too can be a part of discipling this, uh, foreign, these foreign students that God's bringing to us and go on a missions trip right here. Before we transition from this, though, guys, um, it, it wouldn't be right, I don't think, to talk about South Korean uh, students and just skip over the fact that their country is, on, um, is in a situation where they're being threatened with war by a young leader, Kim Jong-un, from North Korea right now. Many of them are here studying abroad, but their families are there. Um, and they, I know that that's something that weighs heavy on their minds at times. So I just wanted to say, let's take a moment, and um, let's just take a moment and pray. Pray for uh, South Korea. Pray for our students. If there's an international student uh, that is near you, would you just take a moment and just reach out your hand towards them? Um, just maybe touch them on the shoulder. If they're not, just stay in your seats. That's okay. You can just stretch your hands towards them. But we want to pray for them. We want to pray for this scenario. We want to pray for this conflict before we move on from this situation or from this uh, conversation. And I've asked Jakin um, if he would pray both in his native tongue, his native language, and then interpret that and pray it also in English. So would you join us in praying for this conflict that's happening that affects us right here in Carney? 기도하겠습니다. 사랑의 하나님, 오늘 이 시간 이 자리를 마련해 주셔서 감사합니다. 이 자리를 비롯해서 최근 크게 이슈가 되고 있는 북한을 위한 기도를 하고자 합니다. 하나님께서 저희를 아끼고 사랑하시는 것처럼 북한 역시 하나님의 따스한 손길로 보살펴 주세요. 북한의 죄 없는 많은 주민들이 아무런 이유 없이 고통을 받고 있습니다. 부디 이 주민들이 다치지 않고 하루빨리 행복을 찾을 수 있게 도와주세요. 북한의 지하 교회에서 예배하는 성도들도 지켜주시고 이처럼 어려운 시기에 북한 땅에 많은 복음이 전파되기를 간절히 기도합니다. 부디 이들이 하나님의 사랑 안에서 기쁨을 느끼게 하시고 
삶의 주인됨이 하나님을 알도록 도와주세요. 마지막으로 김정은에게도 사랑과 평화가 무엇인지 알게끔 도와주시고 부디 김정은의 마음도 하나님께서 어루만져주세요. 살아계신 하나님의 이름으로 기도드립니다. 아멘 Heavenly your Father, thank you for giving me this time. At this moment, I would like to pray for North Korea. As you love us so much, please take care of all of North Korea and give your love and peace to them. Many innocent North Korean people have been suffering for over several decades because of the international political issues and the serious tensions between South Korea and the United States. Moreover, I heard that there are many underground churches around North Korea, and I imagine that many North Korean believers have wait for the God's calling. Please, God, protect all of the innocent North Korean people and the Christian North Korean people from this difficult situation. I believe that you will show your love, peace, and grace. At the last moment, I would like to ask you that you guys, Kim Jong-un, and let him know how he has lived under your discipline and what God wants him to do for the global peace. Furthermore, as you give us a joyful and glorious life, please take care of Kim Jong-un as well. Make his life and the entire North Korean people like getting close to you, and I hope their life can be changed by surrendering to you. Pray for your name. Amen. 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 I, I don't know about you, but that, that kind of a prayer, I'm so proud of you. Um, I didn't tell you what to pray. You could have easily prayed for yourself, for the families, for your country. But in the end, we heard a man pray for the adversary, for the one who wants to try to attack and pray for those that are in that country that have been crushed and pray for the church that's underground there, that it would come alive and that God would do something tremendous. Jacob, I can't tell you, uh, I can't hardly express in words how proud I am and how proud we are that you are a disciple of Christ and a follower of Christ and a part of the body at New Life. Thank you so God bless much, you. everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's powerful stuff, guys powerful stuff and God strategically put us in a place where he's built a bridge between our community and South Korea can't explain it all I just know this we've got to figure out how to give it all so we can maximize what God's bringing to our community um, one of the ways we're doing that is through a Chi Alpha program a Chi Alpha ministry a uh, really it's part of our church but on the campus and Nate and Drew lead that would you please give it up for Nate and Drew as they come all yours. Thank you. Well, I, I'm Nate. This is my wife, Drew, and uh, she's, the, she's my better half, better looking half, completes me. 
Praise the Lord for that. But for the last two years, we've uh, had the opportunity uh, to, to serve on UNK's campus as um, the Chi Alpha directors. And some of you may go, well, what is Chi Alpha? What is it about? And it, it's an Assemblies of God uh, college ministry. It's not just a new life thing. It's the Assemblies of God ministry. And it is a ministry that is not only just here in the United States, but abroad. And the cool thing is, is we're excited because there is a gal that this fall, she's going to be moving to South Korea, and she's going to be planting the first Chi Alpha ever on a university campus in South Korea. Can you say amen? Come on. So what is Chi Alpha? Chi Alpha stands for, for what? I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Christ ambassadors. And we are called, 2 Corinthians 5.20 says that we are called to be Christ ambassadors, to be Christ's hands and feet. And that's what we want to do on UNK's campus. We want, if you remember college, or if you maybe you have students who are in college, you understand that there's a lot of, a lot of decision making that's going on. Um, if you know UNK much, it's a, it's a party school. You know that also um, it, is a, uh, it is a suitcase campus. And so we have students who, who come on Tuesday nights, but you never see them on a Sunday morning sitting with us. And so we're just excited for what God is doing. And my wife is going to share a little bit about uh, Chi Alpha and why she's so passionate about it because she attended UNK. Yeah, like Nate said, I attended UNK um, and graduated there just a few years ago. And I feel like God's just really laid a burden and passion on my heart for Chi Alpha and for our college and young adult students um, because I attended UNK. When I was at UNK, I was searching for that total college experience. I was involved on campus. I gave campus tours. I worked with the newspaper, and I was in a sorority. Those different opportunities and circumstances faced me with many decisions and things that I had to make choices about at that time in my life. Um, Many of the same students that we have are, are dealing with those decisions now. And my passion and my desire is to provide a community where we can foster spiritual growth, where students um, can have the opportunity to make good decisions for Christ, where maybe I didn't have that or didn't choose to have that in college. Over the past year, I've had the privilege of working with about 10 to 15 young women in my small group, and it has just been a joy to watch them grow. I've actually witnessed two students giving their life to Christ, and making the decisions that follow, counting the cost of what does that look like, in addition to just the weekly day-to-day life living that we do together. Nate's just going to touch on a few other decisions that we've seen students making, especially in these last few weeks. It's just been so exciting to see students who are coming to UNK, who are coming to a campus as they're looking for, hey, what is my career? My parents say that I need to, to get an education, and we're watching them come. And as they come and they begin to to wrestle with what career they're supposed to do. We've seen a number of students come and say, you know what, I feel like God's calling me to full-time ministry. I feel like God's calling me to be a youth pastor or to be a worship pastor or to be, you know, uh, just the doctor who is going to go on mission trips. We've seen a number of students over just this. We have some that are going on with us. The youth are going on to El Salvador this summer. We have a number of students that are going to go with us then. And we had some that went uh, with the other team to El Salvador. And we're just excited to see students who are saying, hey, I want to give it all. I'm not coming just to, to please myself or, you know, I, I watched a statistic. There's, uh, on average, 62 uh, 62 parties are attended in one school year by students. I mean, if you look at our campus, it's, it's a heavy party school. But we're seeing students' lives transformed and changed by the power of Christ. And it's not, it's just, we're just here just to compel and ask the questions and see what God is doing. And God is doing mighty things in the lives of our students. And we're just excited. And we just say, hey, what you see over here isn't all of what's happening on, on UNK's campus. And the other cool thing is we've partnered with 
eight other ministries. And so we're in a, a community of believers and we, we bounce ideas off each other and we pray for each other uh, monthly. And so it's exciting what God is doing with Chi Alpha. So also, be a Christ ambassador. If you're a Christian, whatever, whatever work or vocation you do, be Christ's hands and feet daily, weekly, monthly. I, I guarantee you God will transform and change your life. You'll see, we'll continue to see more Jakins, not just coming from South Korea, but from, our, from where you work in your businesses and in the things that you're doing for fun, your hobbies. So I, we just want to encourage you to be Christ's ambassadors. Be God's hands and feet. Let's watch this video. I want you to know today that the mission of the church does still matter. It does still matter. And God is looking for us. He's looking for us to be a part of growing his kingdom, growing his, his church as well um, throughout the world. And, he, and one of the things that he's looking for is a group of people here at New Life that would be individuals that would say, God, my, here's my life. Take all of it. Everything that, that I have, everything that represents me, it's all yours. It's not mine. It's in your hands. Just like the video talked about. Be kingdom-minded with our time, with our money, and even with our skills. When I stand here today, you know, coming back to new life after being gone for a number of years, I look around and I, just see, I, see, a, uh, I see a place that's full of resources. I see a, a place that's got an amazing facility that God wants us to use in some capacity, even greater than what we're using it now, for the growth of his kingdom so that his church might advance. I also see that God's given us amazing gifts and talents in you, the people, that God's brought to us people from all over, uh, all over the talent spectrum and has put inside of us a passion. We are a church that is strategically designed we are right, we are, we are prepped for something big for God to do. 
I feel that. I sense that in my spirit, that we're right on the edge of something amazing. But to do that, we're going to have to be a people that see every single thing that God's given us as a tool to be used for His kingdom. And that every, everything that God's given us, we're willing to maximize it to its fullest, to its complete. Because we are called new life. And God's asked us to, to produce, guess what? New life. New life. New life in people. Let me help illustrate what I'm talking about. I want to invite a, one of our newest members uh, to new life. The one, one-year-old, Aislinn Hawk. All right? Why don't you bring her on out here, Tracy? Yes. One-year-old, Aislinn. Remember me from the first service? Okay. Good. I'm glad that you do. That's going to make the second service way better. Aislinn, look how cute she is. Yeah, look at all the lights and the people and everything. Yeah, you got your thumb caught. Okay, all right, that's good. As long as you can get your thumb to your mouth, everything's good. Aislinn represents new life. And when we look at, when we look at new life, there's something about what's happening with you right now that it, there, it brings a warmth. It brings a, oh, look how cute she is. Um, it, it reminds you of how innocent new life is. It also reminds you that, you know, God designed you and me to produce this new life. And he, he designed us, you know, to nurture this new life. And he designed us that, to have memories that, you know, we've got some of our fondest memories. If you're a parent out here today, a mom or a dad, some of your fondest memories are wrapped up in picture books and albums and videotapes on CDs and on hard drives of computers um, your family of the new life that God gave you, right? Am I, am I right about that? And some of your continued joys in life are celebrating that new life even as they grow older. New life causes us to have joy in our hearts. There's something about it that puts a smile on our face. But isn't, there, isn't it also true that there's a, there's a flip side to the coin of new life? New, new life costs a lot of money, doesn't it? Aislinn, you cost a lot of money. And Aislinn, new life will cause, yeah, I know. New life will cause, a, will cause you to have to go buy new cars so that you can fit all the new life in the vehicle, right? Some of you have had to go buy new homes to fit all the new life in the home or you had to redesign or redo a basement or do some work on your house because of new life coming in. And new life, let's just face it, it's messy, all right? Having a bunch of kids running around your house is messy. They leave their toys all over the place. You know, look underneath the table when you get done eating, right? And there's stuff everywhere. Uh, not to mention the poopy diapers, okay? So new life also is messy. But uh, what I find amazing is this. We continue to have babies even though we continue to have new life, even though there is a cost factor to it. So, my big massive thesis today with Aislinn comes down to this one conclusion. Evidently, the reward of new life is greater than the cost of new life. The reward of new life is greater than the cost. And God has our church strategically positioned to produce a lot of new life. But it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us of our finances. It's going to cost us of our time. It's going to cost us of our resources. And I'm not just talking um, 
you know, uh, uh, about people. I'm also talking about how we're going to reach out and plant new services. New services, planting new churches within our own church. Planting new services because right now, this place is almost at the stage where we're not going to pack a lot more people in. Oh, you see open seats, that's true. But do you really want someone, you know, sandwiched in with you like a sardine right now? Or do you want a little space around you? Everybody wants a little space. We're already at the point here at New Life where we need to plant another third service. And we're strategically working on that. But I'm telling you, that's going to cost you and me money. It's going to cost time and it's going to get messy. All right? It's just going to happen. We are, we're called to plant churches in America, team up with other people and plant them in rural communities and to plant them in urban communities. And by the way, I just got done planting a church in an urban community. So thank God we have a resident expert on staff. All right? So. Yay, Aislinn. And we, we're called to plant churches on the foreign field as well and plant new ministries, plant new youth ministries in outlying communities. Pastor Nate and Pastor Ed want to be a part of doing that on Sunday nights, planting churches in some of these outlying communities. There's a lot of planting that needs to go on. But to do it, we're going to have to be a church that says we're willing to give it all so that the kingdom might grow, so that new life might be produced. So talking about giving it all, Aislinn, I'm going to give all of you back to your dad. There you go. Good job. Good job. Good job. Bye-bye. So I have a friend for life now. Giving it all, that's what, that's what the Apostle Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20, when he says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You, my friends, are not your own. You're not your own. You might think that you've developed this nice persona that is you, this character, this, you know, repertoire of details that represent your life, this resume. It might say your name on it, but your life is not your own. Verse 20, for you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Giving it all. Giving it all is a lifestyle, but it's an attitude as well. And, and what, I, what I want to challenge you with today is I want to challenge you to have the attitude of a person that confidently stands before God and says, God, I'm giving it all. Giving it all is not about becoming spiritually mature. Giving it all is about giving what you have right now, all of it, to God. Some of you are too worried about what God's going to ask for tomorrow, and you haven't focused enough time on what God's asking for now. And what God's asking for now defines what it means to give it all it's not about what he's going to ask for tomorrow god's always going to ask for more of our life just know that right now no matter how long you're alive how long you attend new life how much of the bible you read how much you pray it just doesn't matter every day that you're alive somewhere down the road god's going to say i want more it's not about that it's about giving god what he's asked for now guys listen we're we're on the precipice of something huge here at our church and it's going to get messy if you're not somebody that's willing to give it all when new life begins to happen you're going to look at it and get frustrated with the cost of it you're going to get frustrated because someone just stole your parking spot because someone just sat where you always sit you're going to get frustrated because the church gets a little more messy you know because there's more handprints on the walls because there's more foot traffic on the carpet 
Because more people are going in and out. Because we're standing in front of you going, guys, we have an opportunity to plant a church in some foreign country. And we need $50,000 to do it. And you're going to get frustrated because we keep asking for more and more. It's not about us asking for more. I'm telling you, I sense God's going, hey, new life. I'm going to ask you for more. Get ready. Get ready because I've got big things I want to do through you. But if you are a person that comes before God and says, God, everything I have, all of my life, gifts, talents, money, resources, it all belongs to you. Then as new life begins to happen and as new babies are born spiritually, you're going to look at it and get excited about people crossing the line of faith and coming into a relationship with God. And your heart's going to leap with joy as people begin to walk steady in their relationship with God. And new, new growers, new people that have just found a relationship with God and how messy that is and as they begin to walk and understand what it means to follow God, just like Jagan. And you're also going to rejoice. You're going to rejoice with me as we rejoice with one another, as people that have been living in a spiritual coma wake and come alive and they begin to run straight and passionate after God. The only way that that happens, the only way you end up on that side of the coin and not frustrated with all the new life and see all of its mess, the only way you see all of its greatness is if today you stand before God and go, God, this is my life, everything it is, and I confidently stand before you and go, whatever I have is in your hands. Because unless you do that, then everything we do is going to be about you. And everything we do isn't just about you. We're about Him. And we're about what He wants to do. And God wants to take us. And He wants to do great things through us. Greater than what we've seen. And that's going to require a congregation that gives it all. Why don't you stand with me today?